0: Welcome to The Good Word Podcast, a sermon podcast from Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Missoula, Montana, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, a series of selections from Scripture for each week in the church year that is used by many Christian churches around the world. I'm Pastor Molly Sasser-Gainer. And I'm Pastor Rebecca Cochran. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Connect with us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or digitally at imluchurch.org. We're also active on Facebook and Instagram. This week is Epiphany, a feast day that technically falls on January 6th, but we are celebrating it in worship on Sunday, January 7th, 2024. Epiphany is the end of the season of Christmas and the launch into the stories of Jesus' adult life and ministry. The good word for epiphany comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. We often hear the story of the Magi who follow a star and come to honor the child Jesus in verses 1 through 12 of this text. But the story continues in the less popular verses, 13 through 23, and sets the scene for the social and political situation that Jesus will contend with for the rest of his life and lead to his own eventual death. Here's the reading from the NRSV.
1: In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the East and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared, Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I also may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and said, When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled, because they are no more." When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. And there he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene.
0: Just before the sermon this week, our in-person congregation was invited to choose a paper star that had a word written on the back. These are called star words, and are a way of bringing this story to life and allowing a particular word to guide us, perhaps just for the day, or the season, or the whole year. If you would like a star word, please find our post about star words on Facebook or Instagram and request a word. Even if you're listening to this podcast later and it's a little while after Epiphany, you're welcome to still request a star word. Uh, They're relevant no matter what the time of year is. So grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. What's your sign? (laughs) Has anybody ever asked you that? This past week we were getting family photos done, And the very friendly young photographer, after watching my daughter insist on walking up the trail, even though the rocks were nearly tripping her with every step, asked us mid-photo, what's her sign? Meaning, what's her astrological sign? We laughed. She's a Scorpio. And Scorpios are known for being determined and stubborn. But to be honest, I don't know very much about astrology or horoscopes. Perhaps like many of you who grew up in the Christian tradition, I think somewhere along the way, I was taught to distrust things like astrology, magic, and the supernatural. Somewhere along the way, I was taught that there were two truths, science and Jesus. And anything outside of that might be cool or interesting, but it was dismissed as some kind of woo-woo thing that we were too smart to believe in. Now, isn't that interesting? Christians in the Western world have been taught to distrust astrological signs, magic, and the supernatural. And yet, the story of the one we call Lord and Savior begins with messages from angels, visions, dreams, and following stars into the unknown. So let me pause for a moment. Consider those things. Messages from angels. Visions. Dreams. Being guided by stars. How does that land with you? Do you feel comfortable? Does it resonate with you? What have you been taught about these things? There's no right or wrong answer. It's just something to wonder about. While the feast day of Epiphany was technically on January 6th, we are celebrating it today, Sunday, January 7th, as the end of the Christmas season and a launching into the story of Jesus' adult life and ministry. Now, to many of us, when we hear the word Epiphany, it means to us a light bulb moment, when all the pieces suddenly fit together, and a new idea is born, or we come to some significant new understanding. But the true meaning of epiphany doesn't have anything to do with how smart our brains are to piece together information. The true meaning of epiphany is a manifestation of the divine. In the Christian tradition, we name Epiphany with a capital E as the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, or the manifestation of Christ to the people outside of the Jewish tradition, as represented by the Magi, which is the story we hear today. But if we consider not just capital E, Epiphany, but also lowercase e, Epiphany, What would it be like to think of those little epiphanies that we experience in our lives as manifestations of the divine? As manifestations of God? When the light bulb goes off, what if that's not our big complex brains, but a glimmer of God? Or... Perhaps those two are more closely related than we've imagined. In the lectionary selection for capital E, Epiphany, we usually get part of this gospel story, the first part, the part where the magi go looking for the baby king and are supposed to bring back a report of him to the tyrant King Herod, but are told in a dream that Herod is dangerous. And then they choose to go home by another way and leave Herod wondering in fear about what this baby king is going to do. We don't usually get the second part. The part that's horrifying and devastating. The part where Herod murders every kid under the age of two and then passes the throne on to his son, who is just as paranoid and brutal as his father. It's easy to read the story and say, how can we possibly talk about stars and dreams and the divinity of God revealed in Christ and in the next breath tell about murdered kids? But really, I think the question is, how can we not? The Magi didn't follow a star to their dream vacation. They weren't coming to ask Herod about the prosperity of the Roman Empire that they had seen in a dream. Jesus and the Holy Family weren't living in a time of tolerance and peace between people. This story happens within the complexity, heartbreak, and utter brokenness of a world that is not all that different from ours. Last time I checked, the stars still shine as children are being killed around the world. This story of dreams, visions, and being guided by the stars is an extraordinary story. And it's part of the joyful Christmas story, yes. And it also happens in a world full of fear, tyrannical rulers, and death, just like ours. When Jesus was born and the Magi came to Herod revealing that someone named King of the Jews had come into the world, Herod was afraid. The story tells us very clearly. He didn't know what the King of the Jews would do. Would he try to take his power? His throne? His lavishly comfortable life? And so, In that unknowing and uncertainty, it pushed him deep, deep into fear. And he reacted to that fear in horrific and devastating ways. If we take dreams and epiphanies seriously, we are bound to encounter fear. Dreams and epiphanies don't often come to us with a map of exactly how to follow them. The magi who followed the star didn't have a clue what they'd encounter along the way or even where in the world it would lead them. And yet they did not let fear guide them, but rather curiosity and trust in the star. Fear is all around us and lives within us. That's part of being human. No one is truly unafraid or fearless, no matter what they say or how they act. So the question is, what will we do with that fear? How will we respond to it? When it rises up in us and we want to lock down our lives and do everything to assert our own sense of control. What will we do with that fear? Look to the stars. Pay attention to your dreams recognize the glimmers of God that come to us in epiphanies and in the small moments of awe and wonder. If nothing else, this story shows us the power of those things, of paying attention to the mystical, magical, and mysterious Perhaps when you received your star word today, or will receive it in the future, or heard about this practice, you might have rolled your eyes a little bit. Or maybe you folded it up into your pocket and you've already forgotten it's there. It's just a silly New Year's activity. But I invite you to consider what it would be like to take it seriously. How might this word that has found you guide you? The divine is revealed to us in ways beyond our knowing. Maybe not in words on paper stars, but maybe. Maybe not in the wild ideas that pop into our heads, but maybe. Maybe not in the night sky. But maybe, maybe not, in a baby who grew up to show us that another world beyond fear and death is possible. But maybe. And so as we begin another year of telling the stories of Jesus, the one we call Lord and Savior, let us not forget this, the beginning of his story. Let us not forget that it all begins with angels, visions, dreams, and following stars into the unknown. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Good Word Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We also really appreciate reviews on Spotify and Apple podcasts so that you can help others find the good word they may need in their own lives. We'll be back next week with another good word. Until then, many blessings to you.